Let's get started. Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 1, Episode 28, Melee and Marketing. Let's get to the podcast. Thank you for once again joining me, Jesse, or Cypher, or whatever, at Bottom of the Smash Mountain. We have another amazing interview today with David V. Kimball, so I'm really excited to get to that. But first, I need to do a little bit of a spiel We have a really cool event coming up this weekend, and I'm talking about March 6th and 7th. We have this really cool event being put on by Beast Coast and being presented by Four Loco. It's called the Four Loco Fight Night. Now, since there's two days, uh, maybe, hmm. (laughs) It's two nights, so fight nights. (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't mean to pick that apart. I've I've named things worse names. This is a great event that's being put on for Melee specifically, and it's going to be a super cool event that happens this weekend where 500 people, that's right, over 500 people have entered this event, including a bunch of big names. So if you want to hear my prediction of who's going to win this event, you'll have to stick around until the end of the podcast after this interview with David V. Kimball is all wrapped up. So you want to find out who I think is going to win? Will I go for 2-4-2? Two, two I messed that one up. Will I go 2-for-2 two two in my predictions, or will I go 1-1? One and one? Ooh, No, now see, I'm even messing that, that up further. Will I be 2-0, as in two right guesses zero wrong guesses or will i be one and one where it's one right guess because i was i predicted that sfat would win frame perfect series four a while ago and will i get this one wrong and go one and one <sighs> i i really should just let let's get to the interview why is it so quiet oh right transition here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so happy to be joined by David V. Kimball, also known as the Senior Digital Marketing Specialist. David, how you doing? <laughs> doing well. You did your research. Wow. I did a little bit of... Re- I mean, I, I think I have to ride the line between knowing who I'm going to be talking to, but not knowing so much that I leave too many details out for the listeners because maybe not all of them know about you or know what you're all about and what you're doing so i sort of try to half educate myself on you and be curious to learn the rest if that if that makes sense it does that's good stuff i know sometimes and i've done other podcasts before and some of the best conversations happen before you record and you think oh why weren't we recording and we were having a great talk about how we were going to like go about this specifically and just to clarify a few things. So hopefully hopefully this recorded conversation is better than that, but there's only one way to find out. So let's get That's to right. it. That's right. I love it. So I wanted to start off with your your origin story for Melee and how it ties into your 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 real life job as a digital marketer, but the beginning, would you mind if we could start there? Not at all, yeah. Uh, when you say beginning, are you saying the first time I ever played Smash in general, or are you thinking about like my early career stuff? Well, you can do the very first time you picked up that controller and sitting in front of that CRT, if you want to paint that picture, or if you want to go to the part where 
it started to become not just a hobby and a passion, but also potentially a, a living. Yeah, happy to do that. Um, I, I think it, it's funny. There, a lot of people in the, the Smash Melee community have entered the Smash Brothers world at different points in history. And I'm somebody that started playing Smash 64 in 99. And I have a very vivid memory of playing that for the first time at a friend's house. And, uh, you know, not really being familiar with most of the roster. The roster was, what, only 12 characters? And uh, it just thinking, oh, who, I got to learn about Fox McCloud and Samus Aran. And, of course, the game was fun. And that's why I got into it. And that's why I wanted to know who these characters were. Uh, in 99, I was... Um, I'll, I'll give give you an exact age for myself. I would be see how how old can I can I do math well? Can I do math? I think I was <laughs> seven. Was I seven? I think that sounds right. Something like that. Um, so I was fairly young, but I got into it a lot uh, at that point. And then I still remember going into a Fred Meyer or something and seeing the demo video for Super Smash Brothers Melee, thinking it was the most realistic, most hype-inducing thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. And the and the mis the mystery surrounding it, like you could play a, as a character who is actually two characters, like what's with that? And Zelda transforms into a boy. What what's with that? Uh, all the things I remember from <laughs> from the discussions I had as a as a kid, and um, of course getting to play it. I think I played it for the first time through my cousin's GameCube through a rental from Blockbuster Video, and that's how I got to play it in two thousand two. I think it was like you know early two thousand two, and. Uh, a fun, fun, fun story. We actually have VHS footage recorded of us playing back in 2002, and I still have it. It's on my YouTube channel. So that's oh, pretty I funny. love that. By the way, YouTube.com/slash David V Kimball, right? Yeah. Hey, Mal. I don't have to do any work here. You're doing all the heavy lifting, man. <laughs> well, like you said before we started recording, I and this is actually something that you wrote about in one of your LinkedIn articles that I read today where consistency across how you present yourself on all the platforms that you have presence on, consistency is king. To have the same sort of images and, and, and phrasings and then your, your literal name just kind of come off the same across all boards. And that's something I'm not super consistent at myself on Twitch. I'm not Cypher003, I'm Cypher115. So I got a lot of catching up to do to you. I think if you can be consistent and have one name on everything, as you said, I think you're going to be ahead of the leagues, I'd say. And I think that might have been word for word what you said in your LinkedIn article. That's so cool. <laughs> That's scary. It's almost <laughs> like I'm my own person that I, and I repeat myself. Okay, so hopefully that gives a good uh, picture of really, really early Smash. And obviously, like any other kid, mm -hmm. you just love the game for what it is. You love it as a party game. You love it as something you can play with your friends, if you had any. And I say that in a joking way, and uh, and your siblings and all that, and then of course the hubris comes in once you played too little, too many hours of it, and you think you're the best in the world, and you beat all your friends, and you beat all your, you know, your your school friends, you beat your, you know, your extended family, then you beat your college friends, and you're basically convincing yourself that you're the best player that has ever graced the earth, and I think in 2012 I went to my first actual local and got promptly stomped on. It's a nice, uh, it's a very familiar story to a lot of people. I think a lot of people relate to that. And then once you learn about the depth specifically of Melee, it's addicting. I mean, you want to learn all the tricks. You want to move 
like you're seeing people move. And uh, I think my story there is pretty similar to a lot of people. And I came in just before the documentary. So I actually wasn't a doc kid. I was just before the documentary when it came to like competitive smash. So that's where I entered in. And I've always, when it comes to marketing and stuff, I never saw a connection between smash and marketing until more recently, I'd say. So back to 2012, I'm curious, like you said, you weren't motivated by the documentary where you, you finish watching and you go, oh, this is the best thing ever. And now I'm going to go compete and be the best in the world. What was your motivation at that time? Because this is 2012. So you were talking about playing Smash 64 and, and Melee as a kid. But this is, you know, fast forward. It's almost it's like 12, 15 years later. What is making you go? All right, I'm going to a local and I'm going to show these people. I'm going to let them just be awed by my awesome skill and power in this game. <laughs> Good question. That that, you know, that year gap is significant and there's a there's a elephant in the room topic for that and that's Super Smash Bros Brawl. And uh of course, I remember the Smash Dojo website Sakurai updating it, somebody faithfully translating it into English and my brother and I waking up every morning and rushing to our computer to see what the new update was for Super Smash Bros Brawl. That was and me too. There you go. And it was an exciting time. It was uh it was very it was not not just like one piece of news. It was like a thoughtful article written about it and I remember getting so excited. I remember coming across one piece of news that said, "Yeah, we want to like make aerial combat a lot more prominent." And it's like, "That's cool." We didn't know that meant just everyone was more floaty at the time. And <laughs> uh <laughs> So anyway, that was very exciting and then I mean, all the way up to like a month before release in the United States where it released in Japan, and we binge-watched all the Subspace Emissary cutscenes and, and spoiled it for ourselves. And we, we had to go to our dad's office to use our the high-speed internet there, or whatever. And um, that was exciting. And then, of course, we did it the actual midnight release of the game, and there was a little miniature tournament held at our local GameStop, and we stood in line to get the game, and we got it at midnight, and our parents thought we were crazy, as they should have. And... Uh, we brought the game home and played played it to death and loved it for many years. Um, so then you, you talk about 2012. By two, around 2012 or so, at some point I had Googled, like, how do we fix Brawl? Because like, I just, I mean, like everybody else, despised the tripping mechanic. And um, something else that I called Remembering Moves. That's the unofficial name I gave it. And it turned out that that was Buffer. And I didn't know what the buffering system was. And I despised the buffering system. So I thought, oh, is, there, is there a fix for it? And it turned out there was, in the form of a mod called Balanced Brawl. And that was something I thought, wow, it's like actually fixes Brawl, makes it good. And so I put it on my SD card and it actually worked. I could not believe this wizardry was working. And of course, that led to Project M, which was kind of in its infancy at the time. And I think I, I downloaded it in like 2.5. I think that's when I got into it. And then from there, learned about melee movement and then that's why i thought well i gotta see how i compete to the to this this melee scene that's still thriving all these years later so that's how it started and then of course like you said and this may come to as a surprise to someone who's not necessarily familiar with melee tournaments or maybe tournaments in general for video games that when you go generally speaking it's not always the case but generally speaking you're usually new and there's nobody else there that's new everybody's been going for a little while <laughs> and yeah. have all been playing long enough and and are dedicated enough that generally speaking the game especially melee especially melee if you if you put more time into it than other people and you're the new person coming in those people will just 
send you back. We'll send you packing. Excuse me. We'll send you back home, tail between your legs, sort of style. But you, to your credit, you came out of that going, "No, I want to get better." And I think that's so cool. Instead of mentality being, "Ugh, well, that was a bad experience. I'm not going to another melee tournament. I will just get Mm -hmm. back into PM or something." So that's really cool that you had that that competitiveness and that resiliency. So would would that be an accurate thing to say that? You, that was the competitive side of you coming out to say, oh, no, I, I want to get as good as these people? Or was there something else about that first tournament or the first few tournaments that kept you coming back? Great question. I, I think it'd be an oversimplification to say it was my competitive side that drove me. I think it was a mixture of multiple things. I think that was part of it. But I think even bigger than that was just Melee at that point, or, or at least Brawl, I, I didn't have a decision. It was my favorite game of all time. I love Smash. And seeing people's passion for the game is kind of what got me the most interested. And at the time, the Melee community was obviously a lot more vibrant and and active than the Brawl one. And I was a lot more interested in the Melee one for the movement and all that. And so I think the biggest thing that drew me in was how passionate and how friendly people were. Because like you said, when you're kind of an outsider and you join in, that's a little bit scary. That's a little intimidating and 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 obviously what compounds onto that is the skill gap and and how significantly better they are than you and so you can easily be intimidated but i thought you know in spite of all these things i actually felt an interest and i felt a draw to the community uh even though it was with a lot of different people i didn't know you know from a lot of different backgrounds and all this stu- and all this and i felt like you know what i'm i'm going to do some i'm going to do my due diligence cuz there really might be something here and then of course the documentary came out and that just encouraged me all the more to to get involved so and shout outs to sam ox the, the documentary even to this day it obviously has a place a major place in melee history for the impact that it made the people that it brought in and uh you could say that it's aged semi poorly i mean i you know obviously we all get it you can look back on something with the hindsight of a newer age or, or a newer culture and and pick apart something if you really wanted to but i still love the original doc and i've watched that more times than i care to admit so i'm with you there like when i watched that it wasn't right at 2013 when it was released that i watched it but i watched it sometime in 2014 2015 and i just started to pull me in a little bit more at that time but not enough to actually hop into event just yet so that's my story but for you you're 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 going to events and you're starting to become interested. And I loved how you said that the community was almost the bigger thing that was drawing you in. That is, that is such a true thing that I've heard and the, the people that I've talked to and just being involved a little bit myself through Twitter these past few years, it's been, that's so apparent how passionate everybody is about Melee and about Smash in general, that it, that's why people love being around it because you can just feel that energy. So when would you say you thought about not just competing, but other aspects about melee, because it's not just you, the competitor, there's the TO, there's the content creator, there's the commentator, there's the person who runs wires. There's, there's all kinds of hats that you could potentially wear. When did you start thinking to yourself, Oh, I I don't want to just play. I want to try to do some other things here. That's a great, great question. I think one thing that I discovered was I fairly quickly hit a ceiling where I would consider that I would plateau when it came to reaction time or just certain things I decided I didn't want to get better at. 
where I said I could get better at this, but I would much rather I'd rather just be involved in some other way. Like I think my my competitiveness has its limits and I'm less interested in being the best and more interested in adding value in other ways. So I'm glad you mentioned the all the different hats you can possibly wear in the community because I think there's a lot of unsung heroes in a lot of communities in general, not just melee, other ones too, where let's say there's a there's another fighting game with a player centric community. Your organizers and your content creators and <clears throat> some others can easily become overshadowed. And and I think one thing that the melee community has gotten better at recently is really highlighting those non player only figures, your Dan Salvatos, your Achilles, your Uncle Punches. Uh, and then of course your content creators like like I think about Radar and some of the cool stuff that he's working on, or I'm sure lots of other people that you're interviewing on your podcast, for example. And, you know, they're good players. Some of them are great players, but they also just add so much more to the scene that's beyond just being a player. And I think that's really special. I absolutely agree with you. One shout out that I do want to make, I'm cognizant of the fact that Turned Down for Waltz is premiering the latest video that he made, which is actually a feature length documentary style film so let's go walt i love that so go find that on youtube somewhere you get it turn down for walt just look it up you'll find it and that's just a long sorry that is a one example in a long list of content creation and even music remixes and art like fan art it it just it goes on and on and on you can definitely find a niche within the community that's not just a player. Maybe you play because people, you know, bring you into the scene to go, oh, you should check this out. And then you go, well, actually, I really like drawing or I really like the music and I want to fiddle around with stuff like that. And right now for me, I've been really enjoying hearing about all the behind the scenes stuff from different people and from different aspects of not just players, which we all appreciate and we love watching, but how everything happens because i mean how do you think a stream happens in the first place it's not because of the right. player putting it on there's there's legitimate work being put into that too and i would say like a great example of that is the culmination of the five days of melee event i don't know how familiar you are with that i am a little bit familiar yes it was insane how quickly it came together <laughs> yeah i mean you hit the main point i wanted to bring up which is it, it is and again i can say this as a creator and a marketer it's remarkably impressive the time the, the time that was that that somebody thought of it to it happening and executing and then the level of production value and professionalism that resulted i was so proud of our uh, our community i was like what how did we do this so quickly and it was just it was so cool how everyone got there were organizers there were people that didn't make any content but just organized everyone and said here are all the you know, all the days and, and, he, and of course, fires happen like they do all the time and people were putting out fires and working with what we had. And it, the result was just incredible. And um, I've worked at companies and I've produced things at, at, with actual professional environments that did not hold a candle to what was produced with all this volunteer work. It was so cool to see. Let's go. I love hearing stuff like that. The five days of Melee event really capped off the, the year of 2020 where there were ups and downs, but when we needed like a, a, a strong finish and the cease and desist happened for the big house from Nintendo, like shutting down the big house 
it was a call to action and it was so amazing to see how quickly that all came together. And then hearing a little bit about it afterwards from different people that were involved, like you said, and like we keep talking about here. Yeah. The five days of melee event is a perfect example of how the community that is mostly volunteer based and not so much, you know, no one's getting paid the Boku big bucks. We're putting this on because of how much we love the game and how much the community means to everyone. So that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to ask you a little bit more about the, the job stuff, the job piece of your life where, right. Yes. Melee's cool. Love it. PM. Awesome. But, bills got to be paid you're not going to be able to live in your parents house forever high school comes and goes so i heard you say college so do you want to talk a little bit about where you went and what you went for definitely so uh, smash has been a, a side thing for a while and i would say most people that get into video games don't go with them with thinking that they would be much more than just a hobby or something like that and that's what they were for most of my life i would say and uh at, during college i went to northwest university which is a a small university located in Kirkland, the same Kirkland brand that you get from buying Costco uh, products, by the way, the same Kirkland. And um, that, was a, that was a great experience. I went for communication and marketing. So I got a degree in communication and a minor in marketing. And I got, you know, the, the bachelor's degree from there. And then I spent the rest of the time trying to pay that off. Um, but before I, before I paid off the debt completely, the loan completely, I did spend some money on getting a, a, a building a, a gaming pc and starting to stream for the first time in, in 2015 and i really enjoyed it and i was very bad at it and very new at it and i that's another thing that um that you'll hear is is if you want to make content just do it it's it, your worst stuff's going to be the stuff that you do in the beginning but that needs to be okay that needs to be something that you that's not a barrier because in a year after you produce enough content, you can you should see a measurable difference between your first piece of content and your one hundredth piece of content. And that's a good thing. That's that's a that's a tangent from what I was for what you asked me about, but I wanted to bring that up. I and, love that um, you wanted to talk about that a little bit because uh, any advice that you have for me is appreciated. I just don't want to make you the advice guy for the entire podcast <laughs> because you know you're more than that, David. I'll just <laughs> embed all these hints, these all these uh these very ambiguous hints throughout the episode you can try to <laughs> pick up some advice from that no, uh, if um, it makes you feel better the artwork of this podcast is going to be updated for season two which rolls out middle of march here so new great. new new artwork and and new music so i'm very excited about it very nice making those incremental incremental upgrades i love it it's, it's fun to be part of your process as you're like building and, and increasing that's really fun so and also thanks for taking the initiative to reach out to me this is this has been really awesome so far Oh, I'm glad you're having a good time. So to anyone who's listening, we're having a good time. I hope you are too. And <laughs> to get back to graduating from Northwestern, getting mm -hmm. a job in marketing, I assume, have you sort of bounced around in your career or have you settled in one place? Good question. Uh, I would say I, I, went to, I worked at a creative agency at a college. Actually, I worked with Microsoft for a bit, uh, for a while, but that was only a contract job. And so after I did some stuff with the Microsoft Surface team and Windows Phone team for a bit, I did some traveling and it was oh, a great experience. But um, it wasn't to last, unfortunately, although I really enjoyed my time there. I moved on to a creative and uh, marketing agency and I didn't stick around with them for too long. It was a little less than a year, I'd say. 
but I got some really good experience. And then I ended up working at a staffing company, which is where I work at now for the last five years. And I've been really able to focus on different kinds of online reputation management. And I've gotten a ton of marketing experience at this company, which I'm really thankful for. But what's really nice, too, is I've been given the flexibility to kind of do my own thing on the side. And I got really involved in Project M for a while. I did. Um, I worked on the legacy mods, legacy XP and legacy TE, which are um, now they're, they're finished projects now. And I would say largely Project Plus, which, by the way, uses TE as a base. Um, it has basically replaced them. And Project Plus team is doing a great job with that. And Project Plus is great. And I'm glad that in five days of mail, it was able to get some limelight on that, which is great. But all that to say, I started there and then I got more into into melee streaming stuff and I got more into just uh, um, fig- fig- I just I figured that there was so much cool stuff being built for the Smash melee community, but there was no great place to go for all of it. And so that's what gave me the idea for Blippi.gg, which is kind of the the mic the, the the melee aggregator hub for all the cool melee stuff that you could ever want. <laughs> And it's a great website. And you you already saw this. You liked my reply to Kella OR on Twitter going, yeah, how do I get all this stuff set up? And I was like, I replied and I gave the link, blippy.gg. That's where you got to go. Answers all your questions. It's a super helpful website. So thank you for, for building that. Yeah, man. And of course I saw it and I liked it because who wouldn't be OCD obsessed about searching their own domain name on Twitter <laughs> all the time and checking it like a freak, right? <laughs> I know I would be, so it's probably better that I don't have a website for now. Otherwise, I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, well, one thing when you're in marketing, too, is you do odd things, like you Google yourself a lot. And I think I've maybe spooked someone by liking a tweet from seven years ago that I found that had me mentioned in it, you know, things like that. But I think, you know, who cares? Like, I want to do this, so I'm going to do it. Well, I love it. Own that. That's awesome. And yeah, who cares? The point is that you're showing support better late than ever. I should try to find a way to shadow tag you and see how long it takes (laughs) you to find it. (laughs) The true marketing test. (laughs) Uh, If you just like, uh, I don't know how to say the word almogram or something where you take all the letters and just scramble it up. David B. Sorry, David B. Kimball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is that anagram? Is that it? That might be it. I, I honestly don't know off the top of my head. I'm bad yeah, with those kind of words anyway. <laughs> and, that, and that's what I was going to ask you about, not just about Blevy.gg, but just in general where... Oh, so you've been settled in your current job for a few years now, five years, and you start to see how marketing and Melee can tie in together. So mm-hmm. maybe the best way to put it is other than blippy.gg what was the first inclination was it just the fact where you thought why isn't everything in one place or what Mm -hmm. was the first inclination of melee marketing good question a lot of it i have to really give project m community it's uh it's due here i think being involved there really opened my eyes (laughs) the way i looked at it was Melee was basically a perfect game, and it did not need modifying. But Brawl was a whole mess we needed to fix, right? I felt that very (laughs) strongly for a while. Even as a casual. Another fun story about that is I remember, because I grew up with a CRT, and I only played on that. And in high school, everyone was playing Brawl. And I went to a friend's house, and everything was so delayed. And I thought, "Am am I on drugs? What is happening? And everybody thought I was making excuses. And then... 
I didn't know what it was called then, but I just experienced display lag for the first time because I was playing on a flat screen with a Wii. And that was a new experience. And so I, I started to learn things even when I was playing casually. That I'm like, yeah, I don't like how this feels. I want a movement. I want a game to feel responsive and I want it to, you know, respect my inputs and all that. And so it just it cracks me up to have that memory of very clearly feeling the disadvantages of, you know, not tight responsive gameplay like i was used to with melee and then having to deal with brawl so that that's that's another side thing but to go back to your question about where i saw marketing and 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 melee converging after i got really involved in the pm community and stuff and at some point i decided you know what i think i'm done with pm stuff it's time to move on um so we we closed those projects and then i thought you know what i'm going to turn my eyes to the melee community and, and see what's going on at this time, I, th- I want to say it was 2019, so pretty recent history now, um, I thought, you know what, I made a bunch of trailers and things, and I and I, I know Dolphin, the Dolphin emulator pretty well, and the, the production value is so high now for Melee content in general, I'd like to add to that pool in my own way, and think of ways where, you know, we can remove barriers for other creators to start making content. I thought, well, a good way to do that is to get high-quality, high-resolution videos that creators can use. So that's why I started the Melee HD Asset Library project. And I thought, if there's a place people can go for high-quality, like, B-roll footage for stages or menu-looping backgrounds that people can use for their videos, I'm saving somebody a little bit of time to make something Melee-centered and and have, have a little bit of an easier time doing that. And so that's why I, I wanted to start that project. And then that kind of led into, oh, well, you know, and I also, one thing I also did with Project M and Legacy TE was make the first fully HD character selection screen with the use of dolphin texture loading. And so every single portrait and every stock icon, every battle portrait in Brawl and PM, they have, they have battle portraits, was HD. And that had never been done before. There was um, that really awesome HD project. I don't remember who makes it, but shout outs to this person. I can't remember who, who what they're called, but... But they have a really nice HD project for Brawl and PM, but not all the portraits were remade. So I was able to do that for the first time. I thought, why not do that for Melee? So that project is still in the works and not quite finished yet, but I'm, I'm still working on it. And people are, are really wanting this. And I think the potential for tools and the potential for TOs and for streamers is huge. Uh, we don't have to rely on the same low resolution portraits that we've always used to show Peach and Fox and all the, the Melee characters on screen. We'll have high resolution custom renders that creators can use and i'm really really excited to see that boom and increase the production value of everyone's content and it's so cool to hear how this isn't actually the first time that i've heard this whole discussion where hey there's this there's this part about melee that's really cool and everything but it's also it it doesn't present as well as it used to we're all used to ultra hd now 4k that sort of thing and i'm hearing about 8k coming up in the works and i don't even know how to react to that right now but <laughs> you get it we'll, we'll catch up and uh, and uh, shout outs to jdmh who when we were talking on on my podcast a few weeks well i guess it was a month ago but he one of his little projects that he's working on is trying to get fully 3d but hd like renders of all the characters for for stream overlays and such and just doing little things like that where the presentation is a lot more slick if you will and just just sort of pops and the gameplay will speak for itself as it always does but to help attract 
more people to to the scene to as they see the the streams and everything just to have a little bit of that oh and that's really all you need and then the gameplay will speak for itself exactly jdmh is undoubtedly an inspiration for the latter part of what i was doing and uh he he actually used a lot of similar methods that i had used for project m and the and what i what i called at the time the cosmetic standardization project which is another thing that i worked on and, and i found it which is now being continued without me in great capable hands for pm and te but i wanted to make a sort of a, a response to that with with melee and one thing that i want to do specifically is mimic the lighting for the portraits as closely as possible and get it to be as as, as much of an authentic re-rendering as possible because i think one thing that it's easy to do is want to correct the lighting or and, and and for stream overlay stuff that's great but for the for the melee hd um css project i, I want it to be as close to the source material as possible i just love how it's not just you it's not just someone like jd it's it's really an entire community behind the scenes doing what Nintendo don't and i love that yeah. so thank you mm -hmm. to you and shouts to all the everybody who works on that sort of stuff in the community it's so awesome that it's not just players getting better more awesome melee to watch but it's also the entire process through the commentators getting better the tournaments being better run especially shout outs to fizzy for giving us rollback netcode for melee what mm -hmm. was and this is this is something that i did want to ask you about what was your own reaction to rollback because there's a little of that damper period back in the beginning of 2020 where the pandemic hits and we're all going is this uh are we um are we okay and then yeah. rollback drops and it felt like we're saved sort of a feeling is that how you felt or what was your reaction to that timeline good question so i i, I one thing i'm frustrated with myself right now is i've said good questions so many times this podcast and i apologize but they have been good questions okay in my defense are you sure you you could say bad question if you want to <laughs> i haven't had the urge to say that yet but i'll let you know if i'm having it um so a uh, good good question on that so dolphin net play has been around for quite some time that's always been an option uh i would delay say delay based net code right exactly so your standard uh, dolphin net play I, I i don't know the technical term for it but for all intents and purposes we'll call it like lag delay based net play and i was kind of a crt purist a in-person playing purist and i put up with the net play and let's be clear the technology behind it is remarkable and the fact that it exists at all is a, is a blessing i want to make that very clear but in terms of how it feels compared to in person it, it is not comparable and people would say oh well if someone's just an hour away and you're you know you're 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 30 your ping is like 30 it's the same thing and i said i'm sorry it's not the same thing and i would always push back on that people would always try to get me to say that it was the same especially people in the modding community i said no it's not uh but after fizzy came out with rollback and you know he quit his job and the story's been told to death at least in this community but props to him he he has basically got as close as humanly possible to an in-person experience. And it is remarkably, it is significantly closer than anything we've had before. So in that sense, yeah, I would say this is, you know, this is not, this is nothing small. This is enormous for the community. And now you have it where more like top players are more willing to consider rollback net play through Slippy a viable alternative 
to in person. I think you will still see across the board, though, that it's not a perfect replacement. I don't know that that's ever going to be possible. But as far as anything that gets as close as it as, as Slippy does, I don't think we'll find anything better. And to make it clear to anyone who may not necessarily know, it's it's almost the best thing out there across fighting games, period. Some yeah. fighting games that are made by AAA developers don't even have rollback netcode in the first place. So just to make that clear, we, we talk about it being, oh, if it could get any better, but really, this is the, the rollback netcode that Melee has through the emulator is about as good as it gets for online experience. If you're period. playing another game and... Sorry to dunk on Ultimate like this, but if you play Ultimate and you're saying to yourself, man, do I hate playing online with this game? Try Melee. Try Slippy. (laughs) You will see a difference right away. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yeah, you'll feel it instantly. And I'm really glad you brought that up when when you compare it to other fighting games. Because yeah, if if you use Ultimate as an example, it's actually ludicrous. There's a really great I don't remember who makes it. Um, I linked to it on my Twitter somewhere, but there's a really good comparison of controller latency based on game. And they use a GameCube controller, from what I remember, as the standard to measure each game by. And And obviously the 3DS version doesn't work this way, but they compare all the Smash games and Smash Melee its best benchmark is this the least laggy game. And Smash 64 is right there too, very closely behind. And then the most laggy Smash game, more than Smash 4, more than Brawl, is Ultimate. And that is nothing to do with the online. This is base game lag, right? You have that, you have the buffer, and then you have the additional lag added onto your online experience before distance is even factored into it. And then you have another layer of delay. So the difference between Rollback Melee and ultimate is like enormous and i'm to be honest i'm surprised people put up with ultimate online at all it's probably just because it's it's sort of that feeling where it's the game that they like and it's the game that they played first out of the smash franchise and they go oh melee i mean uh (laughs) but if you ever give it a chance I, i promise you you will notice the difference right away you'll think to yourself, oh, there's not as many characters, but you play for a few hours and you just start to intuitively grasp different concepts and then you start to learn about advanced techniques and then you start feeling rewarded for all of your hard work and practicing and Mm -hmm. boom, you're off to the races. So just in case anybody wasn't convinced by now, hopefully this will convince you to give Melee a try as compared (laughs) to another game that either has delay-based netcode to maybe give that a skip, come to Melee, or otherwise. I think a good way to think about it is if Melee is the one game that I'll play with somebody, and as they are destroying me, I will be loving it more. Because when, when someone's destroying you in the game, you're, you're, like, you're, you're understanding you're appreciating everything they're doing. Whereas in a lot of other games... That is not how you would feel necessarily. At least in my experience, when I play melee and somebody very good is beating me, you you appreciate everything that they're doing, and you, it's not a turnoff. It's like you're like, I hope they don't quit out so they destroy me again, so I can see what they're doing, kind of thing. And you don't really feel that way with a lot of other games, at least in my experience. And I think once you understand the me- the mechanics behind melee and the the meta, if you will you'll start to understand that it's not just you're not just watching a 
10 or 15 hit combo where there's absolutely nothing you can do. There are so many defensive mechanics as well in melee. So you, as the person that's getting dunked on, are not necessarily guaranteed to die. It just kind of feels like that at first. But as you understand the game more and the mm-hmm. defensive options that you have, not just DI, but SDI and slide-offs and tech Crouch canceling and all ASDI that. ASDI down. And I can just keep throwing out random letters and jargon that maybe not everybody understands. But if you research it, if you watch the videos, <laughs> shout-outs to Hacks for explaining some of this stuff in really good detail on his YouTube it's it's amazing that you come to appreciate the game not just from the oh wow cool combos but also oh wow great defense it's really cool melee's really, really awesome yeah and shout outs to you by the way for being a holdout for the delay based netcode going it's not the same you and hacks but when i first heard hacks describing his experience with rollback and saying you know what i accept it and entering it rollback events i lost my mind i was like i was i was so certain that nothing would be able to convince hacks but shout outs to fizzy converting mm-hmm. hacks money over to rollback i love it i love it let's mm-hmm. go so uh now that we're in the present for 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 melee and for for you and i what are the things that you're up to nowadays you're streaming on twitch.tv slash david v Kimball, so let's go to that. But also, what are the other things that you're doing around Melee right now, and what are you looking forward to for Melee 2021 in general? I stopped myself from saying, great question. I'm very proud of myself. Um, I would say (laughs) the big things now is, like you said, I'm doing a lot of streaming, and every, every Monday, I call it Melee Mondays, I'm playing Melee every single Monday, whether it's games with viewers or it's some silly speed run that I'm attempting or just like anything melee related is on Monday. Most of the time I'm playing with viewers. So if you're up for that, like I would love to play you. It'd be a lot of fun. I really enjoy that. And then on other days I do variety stuff. So I'll do ROM hacks. And then on Wednesdays I'll do community games. So playing any other game with viewers. But I like having that regular melee stuff in there. And my entire overlay is melee themed too. So if you like just the melee aesthetic, even you should stop by and just look at the overlay because I I spent too much time getting it all to work and everything. It's perfect. It's literally perfect. I was watching your stream the other day where you had Garrett Williamson. I'm getting that right. It's Williamson, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, Garrett Williamson on who was the composer for the metagame documentary that Samox made. You were interviewing him. It was a great stream. And all the melee sounds and and your names were the the menu selection style like it was just so cool so yes absolutely <laughs> anyone who's listening should stop by drop a follow drop a sub you never know and the fact that you also do a little bit of variety as well is really cool because you haven't forgotten the the pm roots that you have and appreciating other games as well because as fun as melee is mixing it up a little bit doesn't hurt either i wanted to ask you have you heard of smash remix i have let's go i love smash smash remix so quick shout outs to them great rom hack for smash 64 adding in stages and characters is so cool i would say one of the most rewarding experiences on my nintendo 64 lately that i played with my girlfriend was we loaded up 
remix on actual hardware and played and it was magical so yeah again huge shout out to the smash remix devs they did a phenomenal job and they're continuing to do a great job too great great update stuff too uh, continuing to roll out the updates every now and again so that's really cool and i also play smash remix on the actual nintendo 64 console it just it makes me feel like a kid again because i, I grew up on 64 first before cool getting into melee so when you were talking about that yourself i'm a little bit i was I was born in 95 so i'm a little bit younger but the first console i remember was the nintendo 64 and I couldn't, you couldn't get me to play another game besides Smash 64. I loved it so much and I love it to this day. So that's it, great. It, it's a dream to not only love Melee as well, but somebody, and I should say an entire development team, cares enough about Smash 64 to show some love and, and, and not break the game open because they've been very faithful to the aesthetic and to the mechanics of the game, even with adding in new characters, but just making me feel like a kid again if you will that nostalgia feeling that's uh, so mm-hmm. addicting i completely agree i think on that on that same note we i was having a discussion recently about game consoles and the way that i like to think of it is i think the nintendo 64 had like the best games and then the nintendo gamecube had like the best sequels and that's no better personified than smash 64 and melee and there's a lot of other examples too and the one the one original game and then the sequel that that i would call as an exception to that because i i think i agree with you there but mario strikers on the gamecube had a great sequel and mario strikers charged on the wii the Mm. the it's so fast-paced so to anybody who's actually ever played those games there you go we talked about mario strikers franchise i hope they bring it back someday but i'm not holding my breath anyway Mm. i wanted to ask you about a few a few quick hitters if you will Mm-hmm. Uh, I really appreciate the time that you made so far, so I don't want to take up your entire evening, but I wanted to ask you about a few things that I found whilst researching you today. This is probably my favorite thing. I'm trying so hard not to laugh, but this it's not because it's funny. It's just This is fantastic, and it's something that I feel like if I could do, I would absolutely do. You did a photo shoot where you're dressed up as Link. Can you please talk to me about this? Do you remember <laughs> doing this? I do. I'm glad you asked about the Link cosplay photo shoot. So I in college, I was very frugal and I was really good about not spending lots of money. But then one semester, my senior year, I said, I want a really cool cosplay. And I I just spent like a ton of money on getting a really authentic. You know, I I went around from Etsy and like a bunch of little stores and I got together a really authentic, good looking Link cosplay. And I went, I did it for PAX that year. I did it for Halloween. One of my professors who lived on campus, his little, his like, he had like a three or four year old boy and he loved The Legend of Zelda. So I visited him as Link and he was starstruck. He was, he's kind of at that age where he couldn't differentiate between like who was dressing up as the character and who actually was the character. So he was convinced I was actually Link. And being in that position was, very fun and very cool so that's that's what motivated me to do that and then of course when you spend money on a cosplay you know you could be really cool like an actual cosplayer and actually make your own cosplays and change it up every year or you could go the cheaper route and use the same thing every year and that's what i do let's go so and my good friend shout out uh nico johnson he did eagle rockets he does awesome photography for cosplay 
And so he thought, hey, it'd be fun to... Or actually, what happened was that year, I wasn't even planning on doing it. I think that was PAX 2019. And a friend of mine, she mentioned... And she said, oh, wait, you have a Link cosplay? I said, yeah. She's like, I have a Navi cosplay, and nobody gets who I am unless I have a Link. So would you like? Would you be Link tomorrow? And so like on a dime, I decided I'd do it the next day of the, the, the second day of PAX. So it was, you know, it was, it was me and my friend doing uh, Link and Navi. So that was what the photo shoot's from. Yes, and uh, if anyone was curious, if you could find that if you go deep enough into davidvkemball.com, your website, which is a super great place, you should go there. You'll find the photo shoot, and you'll also see ch- at chandler.darling playing as Navi in these, in these photos. Really, really yep. cool. That's right. Shout, shout out to Chandler. Super awesome person. And yes. And I also wanted to ask you about a book that you had published back in 2015 <laughs> called Beyond Tweeting, which is more or less about Twitter. Such, a, such an interesting platform I have come to discover, both being a place where wholesome things happen and degenerate things happen, sort of a, and it all happens very quickly. I think, I think this is probably one of the classic examples of short attention span platforms that are out there for social media but what i wanted to ask you about this about this book first of all i wanted to mention you're a published author so let's go (laughs) but also what was the inspiration behind writing it good question so as you said in the beginning it's it's a place for wholesome things and also for degenerate things and isn't that just humanity in general i think one thing that the internet does is it rights at large humanity so when you add in anonymity when you add in platforms you see some uglier stuff than you would normally see but then because of what a powerful tool it is powerful tool it is really really great people can make something really positive out of it too so i think you have an amplification of both things but because controversy and things that are generally considered negative can become more profitable in a sense. You think about news and, and news is more profitable if it talks about things that are negative. Once you think of it in that light, it, it makes sense why the more negative things are more forefront in people's minds. But the reason why I wanted to write the book was because I felt like I, I the, the, the gig I got at Microsoft was essentially because of Twitter. A lot of my best friends I've met through that platform, a lot of great opportunities I've had is because of Twitter. And I just felt like people really misunderstood it and didn't really understand its utility. And so I decided to compile kind of a, a, a fairly short book, I think it's 70 pages, about ways you can use Twitter to kind of build a community and, and become an authority on a particular subject or something that you are interested in. And it goes through a lot of practical steps and examples. It's a, it's a bit outdated now, so um, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't jump for people to look it out, like look it up and check it out or anything. I think I published it in 2015, mid mid 2015. But I would say a lot of the principles still hold true overall. Yeah, that that is the important thing to remember here. The the social media platforms evolve very very quickly compared to, I mean, compared to like public television it, or or other media. It it's the thing that is constantly evolving before our very eyes. So yeah, I I understand what you're trying to say where some of it may be outdated, but I do want to give you credit. I'm sure, I'm sure that it's still a great read. I, I'll be honest. I didn't get it. I didn't <laughs> buy it, but 
You didn't but manage I'm, to spend the 99 cents that I listed it as? I know you have it listed at 99 cents. I was hoping you wouldn't bring that up, but it is 99 <laughs> cents. So if anyone's interested, you can go ahead and check hey, it out. I am not naive enough to think that not even 99 cents isn't a huge barrier compared to it being free. And I'm honestly thinking at some point I'll just like make it free because, I mean, I, I just think it's it, it's kind of like a, in my opinion, like a collection of blog posts almost, you know. And maybe part of that could be future projects, which is something I want to talk to you about. Maybe there's another book in the works where once that is published, old book becomes free because, hey, it, mm-hmm. it's a legacy. It, it, it's good enough that you feel comfortable saying, look, I'll keep it up there, but I won't you know, gouge people out of what's literally five Starbucks coffees because it's only 99 cents. So that mm-hmm. is true. But what future projects uh, do you feel comfortable talking about or, or sharing in a, in a podcast that, you, that you're looking forward to? Good question. I wanted to also include a bit about Blippi.gg because you asked me about present stuff. And I think that's a good segue to talk about current slash future. And um, Blippi.gg has actually become a lot bigger than I thought it would be. It's on, it's like the top, at the top of the subreddit, the Melee subreddit as a resource. Leffen made a like part of a video like part of his video on the uncle bunch training pack opened with my website and that was the Ooh. biggest surprise ever that let's go cool. yeah uh, i was not expecting that and just people have been very supportive of it i think people have really longed for a, a unified decent looking and i say decent looking because people bring that up a lot about they like the experience of the website uh lo- location just for anything melee related that you know you have you have my overlay the Caglios made. I'm butchering the butchering the name, but um, you have this this GameCube input display for Dolphin. That's a powerful tool. It's also a music player for Slippy, and it's just on GitHub. And that's if you you know you're not on GitHub all the time, you're you're gonna miss it. And I think for more casual people, they need kind of a landing page that kind of aggregates this stuff. So you're not going to the corners of the internet to find these really cool tools. And I originally made it just for creators. I said. We we need a we need a centralized place for melee creators. But then, you know, I, I started adding slippy links and stuff. And I thought, you know what? Actually, let's make this more broad. Let's make this. And even Leffen said himself, like, this is how you get into melee. Go to this website. And I thought, that's what this website is now. It's it's you want to get into melee. Like, start here. Buy the disc here. Download Slippy here. You can you know. And then the doc. Here's a link to the documentary and anything else you'd possibly ever need to know. Here's a, a link to some helpful hand exercises, so you're, you know, you don't, you know, you don't damage your hands when you play this very technical fighting game and and things of that nature. So future state for Blippi.gg, I want to expand it. Thank you so much to the patrons. I opened a Patreon somewhat recently, and people have come through for that, and I'm really really grateful because, as dumb as this sounds, the .gg domain name is kind of expensive, uh, but I wanted to make it easy and and and. Leffen in his video said, "You want to visit this website? It's just Slippy with a B. It's just Blippy." And I'm like, "Exactly. That's why I wanted people to remember." And that's that's my marketing side getting happy that that something like that worked. And <laughs> and uh, so yeah, so uh, and I'm just I'm gonna be adding more things to it. One thing I have in the works is an optimized page. Uh, shout outs to Deep Cuts and the community. He's been very helpful in the Slippy uh develop or the, the, i say slippy the blippy development process in terms of what resources people want uh, helpful resources in general Sh- massive shout outs to that guy really really helpful uh so yeah that's that's what kind of what i'm working on next for blippy 
Uh, did you have anything you want to ask about that before I bring on the, the next project? Uh, no, I don't think so. Other than please DM me the link to your Patreon because I didn't see that on your Twitter tree link, I don't think. So I want to make sure to include that in the description of the podcast episode as I push this out. So please include awesome. that Thank so you. I can include it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll definitely send that over. Although, if you had to guess what the link would be, oh, no. what do you think it would be? <laughs> Patreon.com slash David V. Kimball. Dude, you win. That, that is yes <laughs> i did something right and all my 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 eight years of brand consistency i got i got this right yes i'll take that as a i win. think i think the bigger victory should be leffen featuring bleppy.gg but yeah <laughs> sure this is pretty good too <laughs> yeah that was that was whatever no but uh, yeah and i'm just very enthusiastic about it i'm enthusiastic that the community has been so positively receptive to it and that they want to help with it and they and i see people Literally, people asking about Melee and then people giving that link to people, including yourself. You did that yourself, and that was so cool. And I just love seeing that. It makes me so happy every time people do that, and it gives me the motivation to continue to keep the site up and make Melee a more accessible place. We actually just opened a Discord server, too, which you can get to at discord.gg slash Melee. And that's a place for... If you want to get into Melee, that's for if you want to leave feedback for this site or share resources. And it's there's a lot of members, so um, I feel like you can join that if you'd like. Um, so yeah, so that's that's Blippy, and more to come on that. But the the other thing I want to talk about really briefly is you mentioned my my Twitter book and you mentioned some marketing stuff. I'm I've decided that writing a book is too much work and writing articles is too much work for my limited time. But talking like this in a format like what you and I are doing is the most is the format with the least barriers. Let's put it that way. And so I'm starting up a new podcast pretty soon called Plain Marketing. And it's specifically marketing tips, like practical marketing tips for content creators specifically. So the first episode will be on what is a personal brand? How are you a business? And then helping creators reorient their minds to consider themselves a brand. And then the second one will be usernames. Everything you need to know about a username, what you should pick, what's important about length, uniqueness, it being memorable, all those things. One's on profile pictures. What should you pick for your profile picture? What aspect ratio should it be? Should it be your face? Should it be a logo? All these things. And I'm going to just keep going with these little topics. I'll have one on Twitter. I'll have one on Discord. And they should hopefully be pretty timeless. That's the goal. I don't want these to be out of date in a year or six months. I want them to be something you can go back to if you forget and just quickly reference it. Cause I think it'd really benefit a lot of creators out there. That's going to benefit me. I need uh, as much help as I can get. <laughs> so thank you for, for doing something like that. Where, like you said, just, it's so easy to press play on a podcast and then get rolling. And you can even like, you can just sort of have it in the background. And if you hear something that's pertinent to you, you kind of perk up and go, okay, all right, I'm paying attention, paying attention. Not that we're trying to discredit you. I think, one of the things that you had previously said about this that I heard you talking about is that you wanted it to be not an hour and a half sort of length, but just sort of between like 15 and 20 minute podcast episodes. Exactly. Yep. And that's, that's, that's perfect. So I, I'm really excited about that plain marketing podcast coming to a popular podcasting platform near you. That's right. And it'll be available on the web at plain dot marketing. I love it. That's awesome. Yes, by David V. Kimball. 
man, dude, I need to hire you as like my, you know, my promoter or something. You're doing a great job. Thank you. The, I have to, I have to say that I didn't go to school for marketing. Never actually went to college. Screw that. But my <laughs> dad is a marketing manager, so I am vaguely awesome. familiar, vaguely familiar with the. Yeah, that's the that's the sort of semi connection. My dad's a marketer, so I think <laughs> I know about this stuff. <laughs> Props to your dad. He's gotta, he's gotta be just looking up all the new stuff all the time and being on it. That's what marketing managers have got to do. So. To finish up, I, I have one more one more question for you, and you can be you you can either just sort of quickly go over it, or you can take your time if you want to. You've been very generous with your time so far, but I, I just wanted to uh, bring this up because it's something that's important to me is uh, is faith, and you have on your Twitter bio a verse from Romans ten nine, and if you don't mind, I I just like to oh I should read it in a public domain Bible, otherwise somebody's going to come after me. <laughs> okay, so Romans ten nine says that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Uh, why Why do you have that verse on? I'll, I'll just say, like, I, I have that faith as well. So I understand from my own perspective and just mm -hmm. from your perspective, why is that something that you want to share as well as all the other things that you have going on in your life. Yeah, I think when it comes to faith and when it comes to things that really matter, because we talked about Melee, we talked about marketing, we talked about a lot of things, and I, I will be the first to say none of those things really matter compared to, like, the truth and love and your family and these bigger, bigger-than-yourself things that, I guess to some degree, you know, community and Melee is bigger than yourself in some ways, I'm talking about like big universal truths, stuff that really, really matters. And when it comes to all that stuff, I'm kind of a pragmatist. And the way that I see it is you only have you only have so much influence, and then of that influence, you will always you will always discredit yourself and underestimate how much of impact and influence you can have on other people. And I've decided that Romans 10, 9, as a biblical passage, is the most practical explanation for, like, the faith in general. So when it comes to Christianity, mostly everything you need is between Romans 10, 9 and John 3, 16. And as a pragmatist, I say, hey, if, if, those, if they only hear one or two verses ever, then those are the most important ones that sum up the faith in general. So I guess I'd, I'd approach it from that perspective. I appreciate you sharing. And whatever anyone who's listening, whatever the faith system you have is, you know, more, more power to you. I'm not trying to beat you over the head with a stick or anything by bringing this topic up. But um, it was something that was interesting to me. And like you said, it, it's not just melee that's the dominating factor in, in one person's life. I like I have a wife, I have two children, so I mm -hmm. recognize that there are it's a it's a total picture of what is in your life, right? So yeah, faith, family, and those sort of things, those are those are really, really important as well to have that balance so that the melee piece can be awesome because it is dangerous to sort of put all of your eggs into one basket no matter what it is. So mm -hmm. it's really cool to hear that your perspective is one of trying to be a, a bit more balanced with it. I think that even just with the marketing aspect and melee aspect that you already have a great balance there between how you spend most of your time. But it's really cool to hear that 
you have that aspect sorry you have that perspective on the rest of your life as well it's really cool to hear <laughs> yeah hopefully my employer thinks that <laughs> i haven't asked them directly <laughs> oh <laughs> and in the marketing sense there, there's a certain amount of public public displaying of all that stuff right that's sort of the idea so i'm sure they know that you do this whole melee side hustle thing but mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe it's better that they only vaguely <laughs> oh yeah uh, that, that is not a mystery to them i'm I, one of my downsides <laughs> and one of my pluses i'm kind of myself wherever i go so if somebody asks me like we're in the stuffy corporate environment they say oh what did you do last weekend and i'm thinking they really don't want to know what i'm going to tell them oh i speed ran may this game called melee on on, a, on the nintendo gamecube from 2001 and i set a world record i spent five hours doing it and they're gonna go great you know <laughs> but i'm sorry like that's what i did and i want to talk about it so there you go and it's important to spread the gospel of Melee. Okay, somebody's going to hit me over the head with that. But to spread the good news of Melee to the corporate offices of the world, you know, maybe a CRTs will start showing up in those rooms again someday soon. Who knows? Let's go. <laughs> so, yes, let's plug all of, your, all of your stuff before we get going one more time. David, some, thank you so much for coming on. Where can the people find you? Great question. I think for simplicity... Uh, you know, people prefer different platforms. Some people like Twitter, some people like Twitch. If you want the central hub of where you can best connect with me on your favorite platform, just davidvkimble.com is a good place to go. And you'll find any link you could possibly imagine there. So that's where you can find me. And I'll be sure to share as many of those as I can on the description of this podcast episode. But I think the first leading one shall be davidvkimball.com because like you said it gets you going to everything else so david thank you so much for coming on to bottom of the smash mountain i really appreciate it yeah cypher you were a great host and i really enjoyed my time here i hope you get tons more guests and that your podcast explodes one step at a time it's a journey <laughs> why is it so quiet oh right transition Okay, so shout-outs to myself at the top of this podcast where I couldn't talk about going one for two, two for two, mixing that up with the two o or one and one That was really bad, but I thought I should keep it in there. I was laughing at myself, so laugh at me as well because I sound really stupid sometimes, but I love putting on podcasts still. It was a great interview to have David V. Kimball on, so thank you, David, one more time for coming on to the pod. and. Let's talk about my prediction for who's going to win this event this upcoming weekend, the one that if you're listening to this recently enough, as in today or March 6th and 7th, please, 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 please hop into twitch.tv slash beastcoastgg. I'll probably include a link so that you can click on that, tap on that to hop into this stream where you can see all of the wonderful melee that's going to be happening this weekend. I'm really excited to watch this event and hopefully be right in my prediction for who the winner is going to be. So who is playing at Four Loco Fight Night? Well, I'm glad you asked because we have Hungrybox. Ever heard of him? Mango. Ever heard of him? Zane. Ever heard? You get it. Wizrobe. Axe. S2J. None. Lucky. Lod, IBDW, Shroomed, Moki, Kolbol, Gatsu, Ginger, Fat Goku, Magi Hacks, Dreffen, Toussaint. I just 
I just, there are more names, more people that I recognize, which is cool. And hopefully you recognize a few of those names as well. If you're wondering why Ken, Ken, excuse me, Liquid Ken is not playing well. You're a little bit behind the times, but Ken isn't necessarily active in melee tournaments nowadays. What about Armada, you say? Uh, also not very active. <laughs> but we have names that you might recognize, like Hungrybox and Mango, one of the gods of melee back in the day. That was also a thing that has kind of been brushed aside because there are a lot of really, really good players, new wave players like Zane and IBDW. So we have all kinds of potential winners of this tournament. But who do I think is going to win? And I'm putting my perfect record on the line. Only one guess so far, but I was right in saying that SFAT would win. So I am going to predict none. And the reason why I'm predicting none is going to win this tournament is because none recently parted ways with UYU. It seemed to be very amicable, according to what I could see on Twitter. Both wishing each wishing, excuse me, they were both wishing each other the best of success and all those kind of warm regards to one another. And all I'm saying is, is that sometimes there's a little bit of a meme about how when you get sponsored, that sort of powers you down or powers you up. But there's sort of that whole now that you're sponsored, will you still perform or will you get that power up? Or is it sort of like the sponsor curse for the first few events that you attend? And I'm thinking, I'm thinking that none is actually going to power up because of not being sponsored by UIU anymore. And maybe this will be something that gets him another sponsor here in the near future. We'll see. There are a lot of great melee players, not just none, but there are a lot of great melee players that don't have sponsors. And it is a little bit of a thing when you look at the melee community specifically that there are a lot of really good players that deserve to have a little bit of extra help in a sponsor, but they do not. And so I hope that as we continue to move forward here, that that will become the case. I'm not a big expert that's predicting anything, but just to say, I really hope that whoever performs really well at this tournament, if they happen to not have a sponsor, that this is something that gets them into that door to have those conversations behind the scenes. You know what I'm saying? So none, I'm predicting you to win. That means I'm predicting none to win over Mango, Zane, IBDW. These are really heavy hitters. If you don't understand, this is about as big of a major as we've had all year so far. And the Gallant Melee Open Spring Edition is later this month, so I expect to see all these players roll it back to that event in a couple of weeks. So it's going to be really exciting to see how this particular tournament goes and then moving forward, how we start to build that narrative of who is the best player of 2021 leading into the end of the year and see what happens then when we celebrate Melee's 20th anniversary. But this is sort of the unofficial opener of the year because we're past the we're past the season of taking a break. A lot of melee players, according to their own words and the community in general, seem to take a break during the winter season, at least to start off the year. 
and maybe even December as well. So like the December, January, February time of year, tournaments are not as common in the form of majors. Events still happen all the time. I even talked about some of them at length in previous podcast episodes. But all that to say, there has not been the moment of, ooh, everybody's here until this upcoming weekend to to start off the year of 2021. It's an online event still. So here's hoping that cross-country connections, if there's someone from the West Coast playing somebody from the East Coast, hopefully that connection is as smooth as it can be. Let us lift up the, 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 the upward hands emojis <laughs> so that we can have good connections and get to see some really awesome melee. And once again, if you go to twitch.tv slash beastcoastgg, I'll have a link to that in the description of this podcast episode. That's where you can watch the event. It is tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday as well. Sunday's when top eight will happen. I imagine that's you know that's sort of how that works. So please hop in. Join us as we all root for the players that you want to root for, that I want to root for. I guess I'm rooting for none because that anti-sponsor power-up. I mean, I'm really just going from the heart. That's why I picked SFAT to win the event that I predicted him to win, Frame Perfect Series 4. I was just I was just pulling that from the heart because the feels. So really excited to see this tournament. Hope that you are as well. And I hope that you do enjoy your weekend, whether you fill it with Melee or if you fill it with time with loved ones and maybe just relaxing and having some chips i mean i would also love to have some chips so i'm rambling now i should stop talking what does the cow say Moo. good job what does the kitty cat say Ow. good job what does the doggy say <laughs> woof, woof. good job can you say Linguistic specialist? Say. Good job. That was a good try. Can you say outside? Do you want to go outside? Okay. Okay. Can you say bye-bye? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.